Thank you, Micah. I think that's just what we all needed to get going this morning. Welcome, all of you who are here. You know, there was, there was a time when there would be a few people scattered that we'd say, let's move closer together. But I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm just happy that you're all here. And, of course, you see that Jason is not and if you didn't get the, the email message, he did test positive last week again. And, um, but by the end of the week, he was feeling much better and had tested again. So is hoping that that test will turn out negative. So that's why you have me here. Uh, I just want to give a reminder in two weeks from today, the 30th, we will be having a congregational meeting after worship, and we will be going over the annual reports, the budget, and all of those important business parts of the church. So plan to stay after worship a little bit for that. And then I don't know if you've all seen the new flower chart is in the hall, and if you want to buy flowers for the church for a Sunday, maybe to honor or remember someone or just to have the flowers there. Uh, if you would just sign up on that chart and then someone will contact you and then you can uh, be the donor of the flowers and take them home too. So those are the announcements that I have. And now I would like to call us to worship. And I've chosen Psalm 34 segments of it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those whose spirit is crushed. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Pray with me. Oh God, graciously hear us, for we seek you alone. Deliver us from our fears and anxieties. Quiet us with the peace that passes understanding, and let us taste your goodness. We come to worship you and to exalt your name. Receive our worship this day, we pray. Amen. And now would you please stand for the first hymn.
and warning. Fellow children of God, this message is for you guys today. (laughs) How many of you guys know the song, The Hokey Pokey? Yeah, okay. Well, since I have no children present, you are my children, so we're going to play Hokey Pokey. Um, So it goes like this, and you can stay seated. You can stand however you are comfortable. So you put your right hand in. You put your right hand out, you put your right hand in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Okay, so So this time we sing it again, but instead of right hands, we're going to do the left hand. You put your left hand in, you put your left hand out, you put your left hand in. And you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Good job. Yes. Okay. So you guys are done there in that part. Thank you. Thank you. So after the left hand, yes, you follow with the same instructions for your left foot, your right foot, and your head. And then at the end, you put your whole self in, put your whole self out. It's a fun dance. But can you imagine what would happen if you were doing the hokey pokey and your left hand refused to do the hokey pokey because it wanted to be the right foot? Or what if the head said, I don't need any of you. I can hokey pokey all by myself. This just isn't possible. The hands, the feet, and the head are all part of the whole self. And no part can take the place of another. Even though the hokey pokey is kind of silly, is a good picture of the parts that make up the church. The Bible says the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Every person is an important part of the church, just like every body part is important to the whole body. Together, we make up what is called the body of Christ. We each have special gifts that are important to God and his church. Some of us have been given the gift to be a pastor or a teacher, while others have been given the gift of healing, helping others, or leading people. Maybe you have the gift of being creative, being a great listener, or something completely different. What is one special gift God has given you? And how can you use it to serve others? Just as God gave us hands, feet, eyes, and ears to meet the needs of the whole body, he has given different people different gifts to meet the needs of the whole church. Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for giving each of us special gifts. Help us to remember that each of us is an important part of the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning feel a little wonky. (laughs) All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. The good news is that even so, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Gracious God, Our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, 
and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. Know in Christ Jesus we are forgiven. Shining through 
What a wonderful name it is, the name. 
a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you, band. And I know in your bulletin, it says you will be having a message today from Pastor Hector. However, Pastor Hector and his wife, Delilah, have COVID also. So the bulletin is not correct, but the, the screen is. I'm going to speak this morning on a passage from Chronicles. This passage was written surrounding the opening of Solomon's magnificent new temple in 953 B.C. The chronicler wanted to present the temple as symbolizing a new era of God's grace. 
the blessings and cursings, curses of the Torah had found a balance in God's promise of forgiveness to a repentant people. Here we see not only accountability to God, but the opportunity for a fresh start. God is telling whatever the challenge, this is how they're to respond. So I'm reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. This is the word of God. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to hear your voice through this message and to see you more clearly. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. When we speak of God's grace, we automatically think of the New Testament and Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Yet God was speaking of forgiveness of sin and healing of people long before the birth of Christ. This is a time when people looked at obeying God to avoid the wrath of God. Through David and Solomon, the people were to glimpse the dawning of a new era, an era that still honored the Torah and the law and God's word from old, but an era that stretched into the future far beyond where they could see. We are fortunate that we know what they did not. We know the rest of the story. And we know of the coming of Jesus Christ and his redeeming grace. We know of God's love rather than God's wrath and God's forgiveness rather than God's punishment. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. On this Martin Luther King birthday weekend, we want to look at God's message of repentance and grace for us today as individuals as well as a nation. And isn't that why we come here each Sunday? We hunger for God's grace We may not be suffering from biblical drought or locusts, but we have our own crises and painful times of suffering. And right now, we do have a plague. Here again, the key words of this scripture, broken into two sections. If, 
my people humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, I will heal their land. How many times have you heard someone say, just tell me what you want? I've said it. Often this is in frustration to someone when we can't figure out what they are trying to say. God is very clear in this passage when he tells us what he wants from us. We can look at this even from a a health perspective. If we had an ailment and went to the doctor, we would be given prescriptions to take or instructions to follow. If we follow the directions, then we can expect to get well. In this one verse, God has given us some very important if directions to follow if we want the promised forgiveness and healing. It is the simple if-then clause, cause and effect, that we often see in Scripture. First of all, these directions are to and for God's chosen people. The little word, my, has big significance. It shows relationship. God knows the people, and the people know God. To be called by God's name is to proudly own that relationship. The preamble to our Constitution begins with, we the people. As citizens of the United States, we are led by the laws of the land in order to form a more perfect union. As citizens, we have responsibilities. If we follow the guidelines in the Constitution, then we may see a more perfect union. In this scripture passage, God is referring to the Israelites, the chosen people, the forerunners to a new way of thinking. God is directing my people. Being God's chosen people did not excuse them from being accountable for their actions. God held them even more accountable because of their relationship. We call ourselves Christians, Christ's people, named after Christ, confessing to be followers of Christ. We, too, are the my people God is speaking to. What, then, is expected of us as Christians? First, God says, if my people will humble themselves. How troubling it can be on a Sunday morning when we pray that prayer of confession. We believe we are decent and good and easy to get along with, and we are. So when we hear those words that communally confess our sins, 
or speak our own words in a silent time, it can be very uncomfortable. We don't like to be reminded that we sin. Sin? Me? Others may do those things, but not me. I'm a good person. But when we look at the times when we did not do as we should, or times when we did things we should not have, we are reminded that as Paul wrote to the Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we are part of that all. Jesus told about two men who went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. There can be found those today, like that Pharisee, who have spiritual pride. Humility means taking an honest look at yourself. The dictionary defines humble as having a modest estimate of one's own importance. One author wrote, if you're humble, you don't write a book about how humble you are, with 12 life-size pictures in it. No one really likes to be second. But remember the old car rental slogan, when you're number two, you try harder? God is asking us to be like that company, aware of our shortcomings and working hard to overcome them. God also asks us as a country to be humble and aware of our need for healing and improvement and to acknowledge it rather than just to proclaim we are the greatest. That is what MLK Day proclaims, we are a great nation, no one can deny that, but we have our flaws. There is room for improvement and for healing. And then God says, if my people will pray. At the time of Solomon, prayer was very ritualistic with prescribed prayers and times for prayers. I remember in the movie Fiddler on the Roof when Tevya asks the rabbi for a prayer to bless a sewing machine, and he had one. God told the prophet Amos that he did not want their burnt offerings and festivals. He wanted their sacrifices of themselves in charity and kindness. God wants people to get down on their knees with tears and hurting hearts 
and ask God to intervene in their lives at any time and all the time. Prayer is what gets things done. Prayer is connecting with God. Prayer is asking and receiving from God. James tells us we do not have because we do not ask. Prayer should be as natural as talking with your best friend, and yet it involves disciplines and persistence. We must ask in faith and keep on asking. Someone once said, I prayed for my marriage for a whole week and nothing happened. God directs us to pray without ceasing. We've read of the persistent widow in Scripture who came before the judge again and again with her pleas. Finally, he gave in, saying, I will see that she gets justice so she won't wear me out with her coming. Not that God's going to get worn out, but this is how Jesus told his followers to pray and not give up. For the Apostle Paul, the Christian experience was essentially and unceasingly an act of prayer. It may be relationships, health, money, job, whatever, that bring us to God on our knees. When we pray and believe, we will see God at work in our lives. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave them the words of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord said, if they will seek my face... These few words suggest a quiet time of seeking after God, of seeking to establish the face-to-face relationship that God desires with each one of us. Moses would go up to the mountaintop to have these personal times with God. The Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Then, when you call upon me, And come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. The prophet Isaiah expresses a similar thought. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. To seek my face is to desire a relationship with God more than God's gifts. Over and over, the scriptures refer to God desiring us to come to him. Seek and ye shall find. When we surrender the idea that we can do pretty well on our own and we get down on our knees and admit that things are not as they could be, And God will hear and respond. And God said, If my people will turn from their wicked ways, repentance. The Lord is asking us to do more than just say, 
I'm sorry for my sins. The Lord is asking us to do as Jesus told the woman at the well. Go and sin no more. It is important to recognize our wrongdoings, but it is also essential to work at not repeating them. We don't want to be likened to the little child who is told to say sorry for hitting his brother. He does so, and a few minutes later hits him again. The idea is to say sorry and then not do it again. Priorities, habits, peer pressure, and pleasure all pull at us to do what we know we shouldn't. If Jesus were to spend a day with you, what would you want to hide or change? Something to think about. The Israelites were used to God giving them a physical reminder to not repeat their misdeeds. Warnings were given. Consequences came. Then, as now, war is an example of how one country influences another to change their ways. Jesus said, And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? God makes a promise to people who seriously pursue him through humility, prayer, personal relationship, and repentance. If we follow the if requirements, then God promises, I will hear from heaven. In verse 15, God promises to Solomon, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers that is made in this place. God promises, I will forgive their sins. When we humble ourselves before God, God gives us what we want, not because we are somehow more deserving, but because we have finally come to the realization that we are not. This is grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that none may boast. When we look at the world through lens of grace, we realize that imperfection is the prerequisite for grace. God's grace is extended to sinful humanity in providing undeserved salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ and in withholding the judgment that is so deserved, mercy. Whenever we come to the Lord's table, we know that we are welcome to partake of the sacrament because in spite of our imperfections, we are God's people, beloved and forgiven. God promises, I will heal their land.
healing is defined as becoming sound or healthy again. God promised to heal the land, to bring wholeness to all aspects of their lives. Our land needs healing today as much as the Old Testament lands did. We are reminded this weekend of how Martin Luther King worked for racial equality and ending segregation. We have come far, but we have so much more that needs to be done. And we, God's people, need that same healing. God promises to heal us individually as well as corporately. God says, I will heal their lands, their communities, their families, their homes, their pains and grief and sorrows, if they will do as I ask. If you will humble yourselves, if you will truly seek a relationship with God, if you will pray, and if you will work to change your ways, God promises to hear, forgive, and heal. On these national holidays, we sing with pride and enthusiasm songs such as, We Shall Overcome, or God Bless America. But if we truly wish for God to bless this great land of ours, as well as our individual selves, we will follow the ifs that God has given to us through Solomon. As a people, we must humble ourselves and realize that we have areas in our lives and our society that are not admirable. We need to seek to adhere to the words that we see on every coin in our pockets. In God we trust and truly behave like the one nation under God that we profess to be and pray for our nation. As Christians, we are called to follow the same directions for our personal lives. In the first letter of John, we read, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Our nation and our individual lives will experience the blessed touch of Almighty God if we follow God's directions. If we want to receive God's listening ear, forgiveness, and healing, then we must humble ourselves and pray. Amen. Loving God, we ask you to hear our prayers, to forgive our sin, and to heal our land. We give you thanks that in our undeserving state, you love us and give us grace 
and call us to be your people. Heal us, we pray. Amen. And now would you please sing the Blessed Be the Tie as a response to the message and what it's telling us. to the time where we receive uh, tithes and offerings. For people who are listening on the podcast, if you wish to send in your offering, just address it to PCC, Box 2128, Costa Mesa, 92628. And remembering that God loves a cheerful giver, we now present our tithes and offerings. For the offering, uh, I will play on the organ a uh, old um, praise chorus that is called "If My People Will Pray." Uh, maybe some of you remember this piece or know it. You are welcome to hum along while I'm playing the organ this piece. Uh, what is this? Uh, okay, I forgot what I wanted to start with, actually. You find this in the hymnals at number 575. <laughs> Thank you. 
You may be seated. Thank you so much, Reverend Sharon. Um, It was not easy being pulled from the bench this week thinking Pastor Hector was preaching, but boy, did God powerfully use you to bring a message that is so appropriate for this time and place. Thank you. Paul reminds us in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Do not fear anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Standing on that promise, let us pray together. Holy and merciful God, you are creator and we are your people, my people, as Pastor Sharon just prayed, my people. You hold the very universe in the palm of your hand, and yet intimately know every hair on our head. How grateful we are to be in your presence and to glorify your name, Jesus. We pray for a world that hungers and thirsts for you, Lord. The world is a scary place, and fear has become an all-too-common companion. Fear of COVID, fear of illness, fear of loneliness, fear of things out of our control, even tsunamis. But Paul reminds us not to be anxious, to not be afraid, but rather to pray and spend time in your presence. So here we are, Lord. Many of us were awoken yesterday to the emergency alert of a tsunami advisory following the undersea volcanic eruption near Tonga. We pray for the country of Tonga and all who were affected by the tsunami and its after effects. Prompt neighbor to help neighbor, we pray, and bring help swiftly to this island nation. Farther, there is tension and discord within foreign nations and between nations, and we pray for your peace. Specifically, we pray for a peaceful resolution to the standoff between Ukraine and Russia. Your peace. Your peace that transcends any human understanding. Winter is upon our country. We pray for our brethren in the path of the severe winter storms this weekend, for their safety and provision. Lord, keep all safe. Provide shelter, warmth, food, and electricity. The needs are many, Lord. We pray for those wounded and affected by the shooting in Eugene, Oregon on Friday night. Compassionate God, pour your mercy on this situation. We thank you, Lord, for the peaceful resolution of the hostage situation yesterday at the synagogue in Coleyville, Texas. Thank you that all the hostages were released unharmed. Be with them and mend their spirits as they process the terror of the day. 
COVID-19 has touched everyone here. Most of us still live with an undercurrent of fear. Father, shine your light on our fear that the darkness may be cast out as far as the east is from the west. We pray for the frontline workers, doctors, nurses, hospital workers, those administering COVID tests, those giving vaccines, and all who are a part of our health care system that is stretched so very thin. We pray for your protection, strength, and stamina to persevere through this storm. We have so many members, O oh Lord, who are sick, or their families are sick, or friends, or co-workers, including our beloved Pastor Jason. We ask for your hand of healing on each. May the COVID symptoms be mild and pass quickly. Thank you that Patrick and Doris Thompson are recovering from COVID. We pray for Patrick's sister, Dee Dee, who has been hospitalized with COVID. Restore her, her to full health, O Lord. We lift up Marsha Millar's sister, Carol, who is immune-compromised and has been exposed to COVID. Put a shield of protection around her that the virus would pass over her. We pray the same for those in our midst who are feeling health-compromised and need your shield of protection. We pray, too, for Ray Cameron's family. Comfort them as they grieve his passing. We pray for your healing on Elizabeth Van Doren, who is in rehab, recovering from a fall last week. We lift up Kay Deer, who is recovering from surgery. Be with her. Comfort her. Heal her body, we pray. We pray for Patty Ernest, whose surgery has been delayed. Be with her during her interim treatments. Give wisdom to her medical team and heal her body, we pray. And we lift up our pastor, recovering at home from COVID. Be with Jason. Heal his body and protect his family from the virus. Prompt each one of us to reach out to one another by phone, email, or writing notes so that each one feels a part of this body, even while isolating at home. As we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy tomorrow, let us remember his words. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. May we be known as your disciples that love exceptionally in your name, Jesus, and for your honor. As disciples, grow us more and more into your image. Uniting us with believers everywhere, we pray together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
let us continue worshiping with our final hymn, A Story to Tell the Nations. Please rise. Last hymn has the if and then in it too. If these things, then God's kingdom will come on earth. And many years ago, I took a 
sign language class. And I learned the sign for Christian is two parts. It's Christ, person. And that defines what Christian is, and it defines who we are. We are Christ persons. And the message that God gave to Solomon, he gives to us. If we will humble ourselves, if we will seek God's face, if we will turn from our ways and pray, then God will hear our prayers, God will respond to our prayers, and heal us and heal our land. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all today and every day. Amen.